0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over everything Podcast. Rate review on your podcast platforms. And if you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe there. Muchly appreciated. Join me today, Joshua Howe of Raptors Republic to go through training camp battles. the furious training camp battles going on with the Toronto Raptors, Sir. How are you? How was your summer?
1: Good, man, I'm good. Um, pretty uh pretty relaxing summer, honestly. Um, yeah. You know, didn't get up to to too too much. Tried to uh, calm the mind. You know, get uh, in the zone before the uh, the new season arrives. And uh, you know, I'm, try, I'm trying try not to think too much about. You know, you try not to think about too much, and then Jeff Dowden comes in in summer league, and just like you're that's all you can think about for like three weeks. So
0: I know, right? That's my guy right now. We're gonna talk about him for sure. So what with uh, with Josh. Training camp battles, right? As I said earlier, there are a couple of spots available on the Toronto Raptors. I think most people know that by now there, you could say there's like 13 spots that are solidified, but then there are two more and their training camp roster is full. So names like Justin Champagne, Delano Banton, uh, Josh Jackson, and DJ Wilson, they will be competing for likely two remaining spots. Now, of course, uh, there could be more trades on the horizon. There could be more spots available. We don't know. But at this very second, well, Josh and I are speaking, there are two spots likely available after the Raptors sign Juancho Hernan Gomez to a, a, a guaranteed deal. But as you saw with Svima Mahiluk that could change very quickly. You just say, thank you, sir. Um, things aren't working out. Sviz felt the same way. Now one more roster spot's available. Things like that are could potentially happen um, before opening night. But at the moment, two spots available. So we're going to go through some of the competition available at uh, the forward spots, center spots, and point guard position. And I guess let's start with the forward spots because, as I said, two spots remaining. And two of the names that I mentioned earlier, we're probably going to get two of those spots. And I don't know. It's very, it's very intriguing. Josh Jackson is one name that comes to mind here. Uh, A person who was a fourth overall pick once upon a time has been a bit of a journeyman and the Raptors are giving him a non-guaranteed deal, a training camp spot to see what you can, what can you do for us? What kind of player are you? How can you fit into our system? What were your thoughts when uh, the acquisition happened? signing happen
1: um just that it's interesting i mean you're always going to be interested when a team signs on a guy who was yeah the number four overall pick in 2017 i mean sure. um you, know, you go back and read some of those uh, like draft express and uh, those type of articles and before yeah. he got into the into the league and um you know he's in those conversations with with tatum and uh jonathan isaac Crazy, and uh, right? <laughs> and those and those guys, and it's so weird because yeah. you'd have guys, uh, like Mike Schmitz talking about, like, you know, if you want a solid 20 points per game guy for the future, you draft Tatum. But if you want the guy with the most upside, you draft Josh Jackson. Huh. Um, yeah. and you know, he clearly has, uh, a lot of upside still. I mean, even going back and, and watching what he's done, um, you know, in his, in his short time bouncing around the league, I mean, uh, he is a super athletic, uh, guard slash forward he can kind of fit into both of those spots which is great in today's nba um has the wingspan right you know uh, the size not quite six nine close i think he's six seven but very uh, close very very close (laughs) very close right close enough he has that seven foot wingspan the raptors love um so you could easily slot him into a couple of those spots he's switchable on defense he tries hard on that end um it's really been Right, his erratic, funky-looking jumper. His jumper's so weird-looking, um, mm. and it, it was just hitch. really the hitch, out. Right, the hitch. The hitch. Yep. Yes. Yeah. He kind of brings it up and pauses, um, and I think yeah, he's a career twenty-nine percent three-point shooter in the NBA. Not really going to cut it. it. was a little better yeah. than that in college, um, but uh, yeah, you know, he's the kind of guy you bring in for the upside. I mean, yeah. uh, can make some plays on the move fun in the open floor, all that athleticism and stuff is great. Um, The Raptors obviously are going to be looking to get into transition a lot this season, just like they did last season to get a lot of their offense going. So, Hmm. you know, um, he's a project, but he's the kind of guy that because of the upside the Raptors could bring in and they feel very confident in their development team staff and uh, you know, why not? So I think that's uh, kind of his outlook going into camp there.
0: Yeah, sure. And uh, I mean, with him, and I guess with the Raptors, and what we learned last season is that depth was obviously an issue. And uh, Masayu Giri said it at his end of season. He was asked directly by a reporter, are you going to address the lack of depth on this team? And he said, correct. That is something that was being focused on heading into this season. And even if you compare it to last season, entering the season, and you know, we were thinking at the time, Delano Banton, Malachi Flynn, Chris Boucher, uh, who had you know, his ups and downs, but obviously you know, found his role. But we thought they would be uh, parts of the rotation. And at one, at one point, none of them were. But now you go into this season, you got Otto Porter Jr., Thad Young, Chris Boucher, as he's found himself uh, and what his role is going to be in the NBA. Precious Achuo probably coming off the bench. That right there is four players. And there's still more depth behind them. But when you are investing into a vision, such as the Raptors are, you can't have enough of these guys. And I'm talking like the 6'9", six, six, You mentioned Josh Jackson. He's a guard slash forward. That means he's got some ball handling abilities. He can finish in the rim, around the rim. He's got some transition skills. He can adaptable defender. Like these are all things that are screaming the Toronto Raptors. So it's not a bad idea at all. I think some people thought that the last spot might go to Jalen Harris. Um, As we know, he was extended a qualifying offer. So a team in the NBA could give him a shot, but it seems like at the moment, at least he's not going to be in training camp and he will probably be with the Raptors down to five. If you know something changes, whatever that could obviously happened but at the moment that's the case and they decided to go with a person like Josh Jackson and i think it's a great gamble because if you true if you do truly um believe that your development staff can help him with his jump shot can help him find a role with the Toronto Raptors and we're going to get to some of the roles and bench pieces in a second um it's a great flyer to take because there is there's certainly a spot For him i think with the raptors within the scope of what they need it's going to come down to you know his execution and if he's willing to accept that kind of role because like you said for the overall pick um someone that had a ton of upside at one point and you know 25 years old he's not exactly 30 there's still lots of time for him but with the raptors they're looking for people to fill in holes to fill in roles with the with the starters because they've Uh, Last season, we saw that they kind of found themselves with how they're going to be figuring out their uh, half-court offense, the rhythm, Pascal Siakam's emergence, Scotty Barnes needs touches, all that kind of stuff. So they just need players to come off the bench and fill the needs. And if he wants to do that, if he's willing to, I see that there's a chance, right? There's obviously a chance. The camp battles are going to be absolutely hectic. What do you think this means for a player like Justin Champagne, who is also on a non-guaranteed deal? He enters this training camp. um, Probably most people thought that he would probably be on next season's season's team. But with Hernan Gomez, with Josh Jackson, to me, this does signal a couple of things with how the Raptors are going to be approaching training camp. But I'll let you start.
1: Yeah. And just to quickly touch on, um, you know, like Gabe Brown. I know some people are going to be like, what about Gabe Brown? Like he's kind of comparable, right, to Josh Jackson. I mean – Uh, the thing with him is he's the only player who's assigned to an exhibit 10 deal going into camp, which means the Raptors have an eye obviously to bring him to the nine Oh five. So kind of looking at it this way uh, as, you know, he's probably not going to make the roster. He's going to go compete for a chance. Right. But he's probably not going to be on the final roster. So it's more about getting him uh, over to the nine Oh five develop there. And just to get the 50 K there that he's guaranteed if, uh, if he goes that route. Yep. Um. So just wanted want to bring that up because I know there'll be some people who are like what about Gabe Brown yeah. um <laughs>
0: no not about it uh
1: yeah um but uh yeah Justin Champagne. um I don't uh you know it's interesting I'm not I'm not really sure his spot is uh in so much trouble um just because you know every time you talk to anyone around the, the Raptors uh yeah. they love him right they sure. just they co- constantly bring up how much yeah. they like him he's a hard worker he's that kind of uh, you know, six, six, but plays like he's six ten kind of guy, mm. um, all over the offensive glass always comes in with the team needs him. He's been part of the nine Oh five program. He's sort of yeah. embedded in, in, uh, in the Raptors culture now. Um, and his, and his really, you know, uh, uh come into his own there, uh, mm. as, as part of the team. Um, and so another guy like Hernan Gomez, who comes in and you, like you mentioned off the top has a guaranteed deal. Also the only guy who got a guaranteed deal out of these guys who are really competing here for a roster spot. Mm. Um, obviously that's like you mentioned, again, he could be cut, but that's a pretty good indicator. I think that he's probably going to make the team. So yeah. um, I'm, I don't know what you think about this, but I'm actually the mindset that probably both going to make the team. Um, and you, you know, you, if you're going to have Hernan Gomez, another six, nine guy um, probably having him maybe at the more traditional four spot most of the time Champagne can shift down, can play sure. at a smaller <clears throat> uh, forward spot. At six, yeah. six. Um, so I think uh, those two guys are probably taking up two of those spots already, um, you know, going through uh, who we can think is going to make the team here. But uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, unless something unexpected happens, both going to make it and both them. Um, hmm. I, I think it's their spots to lose, to be honest with you. I don't think they, I think they're operating from a position of of yeah. uh, some leverage here.
0: Sure. Got gotcha. So that would, in theory, then uh, leave no spots because I think it's fair to say that Delano Banton is probably going to make the team. Um, uh, yeah.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that would be the two spots right there. Not to uh, burst the bubble of the of the discussion, but um, I think that's fair to say. The only reason I bring up the Champagne thing is I just found it interesting that they're willing to do something like that. And, uh, you know, obviously he suffered a hand injury just before summer league. And you do want to fill all the training camp Roster spots, no question. Um, and for sure, yeah. maybe like Josh Jackson, who knows what happens with him. Maybe he's getting other offers. Maybe he's in the G League. Like, it's hard to say um, how things were, are going to go. Um, I do believe that, you know, Justin Champagne, Um, I think the Raptors like him. I think he's a, absolutely a fit from the get-go when he said that, hey, I want to be a Toronto Raptor. Um, I turned down other offers from other teams um, because I wanted to become a Toronto Raptor. He went undrafted and he says, I want to be with the Raptors. He told his agent, hey, make me a Raptor. Can we make it happen? And he he fits the identity. Um, he was asked to do a couple of things um, during the offseason. They asked him to uh, speed up his jumper, um, which I'm sure he has done. And we haven't seen too much of him. A little bit of Rico Heinz run action at the at the last run, which was a great time for all of us because it was servicing our basketball needs during a time where there wasn't much going on. Um, but he does, you know, he's going to be a great rebounder. And I think he's going to be, uh, he's going to accept his role within the Toronto Raptors, which is extremely important. He's not going to deviate. He's going to do exactly what he's been told to do. And he's only 21 years old and the Raptors, they don't often care too much about age necessarily, but him at this point of his career, what he offers, he's truly a natural fit. The Justin Jackson or the Josh Jackson thing—it just—it was interesting because are we getting to a point where Justin is competing against a guy who was a fourth overall pick and has been playing in the NBA for a couple of years? But I mean, maybe not. Right? This is going to come down to the approach of the Raptors and how important it it is to them that they have depth on depth on depth to service all the needs, which is a lot of catch and shoot, wing
1: spanny wings. Yeah, and I do think um, you know. people will look at it and be like, well, the Raptors need guards. Right. But I'm Mm -hmm. not sure they're too concerned with oversaturating traditional positions. Um, you know, having too many forwards or whatever, right. Because vision six, nine, I mean, they're, they want guys who can do a little bit of everything. They want positional flexibility. Um, you know, a guy like Champagne can bring that plays plays up a spot, can play down a spot. Um, but they Ah. have guys also who can handle. Yeah. Guys who can, and guys who can handle the, the playmaking spots, you know, yeah. from different positions. I mean, opening night, Siakam's likely to be the starting center, right? But he can play point guard. He will play point guard uh, a Ooh, lot of I the love time it. offensively. So I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it.
0: Funky. <laughs> and, funky.
1: And Scott, Scottie, same thing, right? Yeah, you're yeah. going to see a whole bunch of these, of these lines. There's yeah. forwards handling the ball all the time. So, you know, I don't think the Raptors are going to be too concerned about, like, well, we absolutely need to be filling out with guards here. So mm-hmm. I, I think seeing the two forwards there, it wouldn't be too much of a surprise.
0: So that does get us to a DJ Wilson, um, the Raptors for most of you probably know, uh, they gave him a few 10 day contracts, he hurt himself. Um, and then they, you know, offered him this non-guaranteed deal to come into camp and see if he can get a spot. Now we're going to get to the center conversation. Actually, let's do it now. Let's go to the center conversation because I think we kind of addressed this stuff already. Um, mm-hmm. DJ Wilson, non-guaranteed contract. You got Ken Birch. You got Christian Coloco, who was finally signed by the Raptors. After all those
1: mm-hmm. sweating <laughs> moments,
0: people were just like, are they going to be – what are they going to be doing? It was essentially that they were inside the, the Kevin Durant conversations, and uh, they had to remain all the flexibility yeah. in the world. Um, he was mm-hmm. always going to be a Raptor. They're very excited about him. They've been scouting him for like five years. Like, he was going to be a Toronto Raptor. Don't worry about it. he's going to get signed. Um, but yeah, shifting yeah. to the, the center centers. OK, so Ken Birch, we know the story with him as well. Um, he was hurt for pretty much all of last season. He had a lot of knee issues. Those hopefully are, are are behind him. He is rocking some frosted flakes on his head. He's got some blonde, some blonde there now. So it's a whole new look to <laughs> Ken Birch. Um, Hopefully he's healthy. How do you see kind of some of this stuff shaking out between – I'll start with DJ Wilson. Do you think he's got a, a real, realistic shot of uh, – or how does he get there? Because as we outlined, we probably think that Delano and uh, and Justin are going to be getting those last two spots. So how does he
1: actually earn a spot on the opening night roster? Yeah. Um, yeah, I tough. think like you said, he's he's <laughs> – yeah. yeah, it's tough, right? I mean, he's on the outside looking in, I think. Um, sure. that doesn't mean he can't make the roster. I mean, the Raptors clearly like him as well. Um, yeah. they've been circling each other for a while and obviously they brought him in last season, uh, during that really tough COVID stretch, hmm. um, some ridiculous games that, uh, everyone hopefully has forgotten by now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, to make the team, I guess he, you know, he really just would have to be the epitome of his role. He's got to be competing against some of those other guys, uh, like Hernan Gomez, for example, Yeah, feels kind of like the direct competitor, right? He's also... Yeah twenty six years old they're around the same they both have some NBA experience um I bounced around a bit, but know what they're good at and generally stay within the confines there and okay. uh bring what they need to the team and um really i mean another you know six ten seven three wingspan guy uh yeah i think it's just like those are the guys he's gonna Got to kind of put a, you know, target on their back and say, like, those are the guys I got to outwork if I got to have a chance. Um, And and it's just tough because, like we said, like Hernan Gomez has that guaranteed deal. Yeah. Um, DJ Wilson does not. So it's if there is a tiebreaker between those two guys, for example, uh, Hmm. you're probably going to see Wancho on the Raptors. But uh, hey, man, you never know. He could come in and light everything up and Raptors decide, hey, we have some flexibility. We can eat that contract and we'll sign Wilson instead.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, camp battles are important to most teams, but especially to the, the the Raptors. They want people to kind of feel that heat and they want to see how they perform under that pressure. Um, DJ, like I like him. I think he's got a, a spot in the NBA. I'm just not sure if it's going to be with the Raptors, but mm-hmm. if he comes in and he shoots, you know, lights out from three, he's like a, an actual pick and pop big. If he's able to, you know, get the defensive concepts, um, be something of an anchor big uh, at points and uh, play that cat and mouse game within the pick and roll and, and drop coverage really well. Um, be very like situationally aware on defense, which he actually has shown mm-hmm. um, that he's, uh, he's got some chops there. Um, maybe you're right. Like it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility I and mean, they have enough ball handlers. So it's, it really is about like, you know, who can service the need of being that three point shooter better. And mm-hmm. you might argue that Wancho probably is maybe a, a bit more of a versatile three point shooter you could and you could probably think that hey he might be one who's going to be able to attack closeouts better and probably be a, a little bit more of a higher upside offensive player but it's it's not crazy to think that dj could could get there and the raptors are loyal too they they're giving him the shot because they believe in him and they believe in how he could impact their team when given the opportunity while Juancho, i mean they don't know him very well Right. And, you know, sure maybe he's been in the league a little bit longer. Maybe he's got a little bit more experience perhaps, but still in the end, the Raptors are uh, a team that respects their players. And I I could see it. I could see it. I think this probably is going to come down to more of a a Wancho versus DJ Wilson thing, but the guaranteed deal is certainly a factor. Ken Birch. Okay. Let's switch to him. What do you think his role is going to be at the beginning of next season with the
1: Raptors? Um, more limited <laughs> than last yeah. season. I mean, just yeah. cause, I mean, if you, and if you project the Raptors to be bringing in two more forwards, like we are here, yeah, um, they're going to have a lot of big guys, uh, on the roster. So you're already looking at, you know, if they're starting opening night with uh, the with lineup that has Siakam at center, not sure. precious, that means precious is coming in off the bench. He's soaking up a lot of those backup C minutes, um, you know, yeah. probably be wouldn't be surprising to see, uh, you know, Siakam come out or switch around different positions earlier. Somebody come out, uh, put Precious in earlier um, rather mm. than just waiting, you know, a uh, majority of the first quarter there uh, in a lot of games. But uh, that doesn't necessarily mean Ken Burch is is, is up next. Now you've got, uh, you know, uh, just Chris Boucher, Thad Young, um, a bunch of guys who are just, yeah. you know, malleable players. Um, I really do legitimately think Coloco is lurking. Uh,
0: oh, we're getting to that. Oh yes,
1: he is. Because yeah, I like this. Just, let's go,
0: let's go, let's go. Let's do it, do it, do it. Go, go, go. He's
1: just, I mean, yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. only guy on the roster who can bring exactly what he brings, right? He's more of a traditional exactly. big man, exactly. but he's the only guy. I mean, yeah. Would you like, you know, if you go back and look at some of those games last season and you could, you know, imagine sticking Coloco in those chem minutes, uh, yeah. You know, would you do it? I mean, I think a lot of people would say probably, yeah. I mean, sure. he, he you know, he helps out with, and, and while Birch is, everyone knows what Birch is at this point, right? The team has a very good idea what Birch is. Birch knows what he is. Yeah. Um, he's very reliable, very solid, good defender. Has that little push shot at the top of, you know, the free throw line. Um, can make some plays on the short roll. He's yeah. a good player, a solid backup player. Um, yeah. But when you have a guy, could come in and potentially be like a you know rim protecting lob threat type yeah. guy who can make an impact maybe right away mm. maybe he jumps him in the in the rotation you know I don't know if it's necessarily from the get go but maybe it is maybe he has a great camp too and nurse sees that mm-hmm. and and likes that and and that's what they go to but I mean you know. Mm. It's it's just gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough for him to get minutes, I think, uh right away, and especially as the season goes on, unless there are injuries, of course, which always happen to the Raptors. But sure. Um, I mean, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna start with Siakam, then Precious, yeah, then maybe like Coloco, you know, maybe Boucher's uh-huh. at some of those center uh-huh. minutes, you uh-huh. know, like and and then Birch is in there somewhere. So Sure. Yeah, and and, I think I think it's gonna yeah. be tough.
0: Yeah, man. And that informs, like, you know, the DJ Wilson and Wancho conversation, too. Maybe just in case something were to go down, maybe you want a little bit more of a veteran presence um, at the center position because you are thinking about, you know, investing in a Christian Coloco if things aren't going up or a little up and down and so forth. Maybe you think DJ Wilson might be a better option because while he is a forward, like he's 6'10, so he can play center, at least on the Toronto Raptors. He can play, he can play center. Um, so there is that possibility. Yeah. I like I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Ken Birch return to his form of what we saw early on last season. Um, that's when he showed that like he is the same player that he was during that Tampa season, which is why he got that contract from the Toronto Raptors. Like when it comes to filling gaps, being a tough mm-hmm. post defender, he can do it. And he can run the floor a little bit. He's been working on his three point shot, at least according. I mean, from what we're seeing, he is. And
1: I
0: I think he probably knows that that is something that is important. So if he's able to, you know, hit those corner threes, um, which he wasn't getting uh, as many opportunities, I think he actually hit his first corner three of the season in that 76 er series, which is hysterical. Yeah. 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 But if he's able to do these things, like he's got a spot on the Raptors if they want to go that route or uh, maybe on a different, a different team. But this is why I mentioned like right now, there are two spots available right now. But that can change very, very quickly. And I think the Rico Hines runs, I, I'm looking forward to stop to not talking about those stuff, those things anymore, but I found it interesting. I think I've said it once, twice, mm-hmm. three, four times that Christian Coloco consistently played with the starters.
1: Mm-hmm. Always.
0: He always played with the starters. It wasn't Precious Achua. It was Christian Coloco. And then you got that clip of Fred Van Vleet saying like, man, I've been throwing passes like that in terms of lobs. Um, In a -hmm. long, long time. That is what Mm -hmm. Christian Coloco offers over anyone on the Toronto Raptors. He could be an easy source of half court offense that pick and roll. I think we all want to see more pick and roll from the Toronto Raptors from Nick Nurse's half court offense. And I think we're going to see more of that um, for a few reasons in the upcoming season. Supper conversation, but I think we're going to see more of it. If he's able to be a lob threat and he's able to collapse the defense, that's going to open up, kick out three opportunities from the corners for other teams, for other players, Mm -hmm. that's going to instantly improve their half court offense instantly. It is a a dynamic that they just simply haven't had for quite some time. And if he's able to do it, if he's able, I think he's going to be decent defensively because he's already he's seven to five seven, five weeks, man, people like that means something. And he was, you know, Pac-12 defense player of the year. He was very good in in summer league. I think he showed exactly what he's capable of. And you give him a few weeks during training camp, regular season and so forth. His role defensively isn't going to necessarily be to be like that anchor big necessarily, but they want him to be a reliable low man, a rim protector. And with the array of rangy forwards that the Raptors have, the plus defenders that they have, his responsibilities are going to be fairly limited. But you might say, Mm -hmm. but hey, I mean, Christian Coloco, he's a project, right? His offensive game isn't really there. Why would they have him be, you know, an offensive rebounder, a lob threat, and that's it in the NBA when he can go down to the 905? And he could, you know, play and he could, you know, learn about his offensive game and develop and, you know, get some post opportunities and develop his skills there. He can do both, just like Delano Banton Mm -hmm. did last season. That's the advantages of having the Raptors 905 in Mississauga. There could absolutely be scenarios where – he's playing a game with the Raptors on Tuesday. And then nine Oh five, he's going down there and he's playing another game. Delano Banton on hustle play. He's like, yeah, all I do is play basketball every single day. I'm playing basketball. And that was by design. And I think it's going to help him this upcoming season, but Christian Coloco, 21 years old, 22, he can do the exact same thing when the nine Oh five are down the road.
1: Yeah. And he, you know, it's interesting too, because he gives the Raptors just a different defensive look. Right. I mean, Mm. The Raptors did not play drop very much last season, except with Kem Birch, who, <laughs> yeah. you know, not always eh. the best uh, injuries <laughs> the defensive were scheme a factor. to play
0: with. Injuries were a factor, and Injuries
1: yes. Injuries yeah. were a factor, for sure. But, I mean, it's not, it's not something that the Raptors uh, went to a lot for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that was pretty much the only time you saw it. And now this is more of a legitimate drop defense big man right um you know and he he can come out a little bit uh as well to to the level of the screen and stuff like that but you probably mostly want him you know um protecting the rim just uh staying back a little bit there And he's got such length that he can easily recover um and stuff, it's just you you, know, you, you try are, that
0: kind of yeah yeah you try that kind of stuff in a blowout game right you yeah. throw Christian McCollough out there and like all right let's see how you do on the perimeter like that's not yeah. something you're going to do within your uh, competitive no. competitive NBA games but you want to see that cuz i think that's the future for him you want him to be able to guard on on the level
1: yeah and like you know like nurse loves switching up defensive looks right and the raptors oh, yeah. uh, have been are so locked into now for a yeah. few seasons have been their scrambly switchy defense. Um, you know, every once in a while, it's just nice to be able to switch up to something like classic drop and, and it's just going to work for you. Yeah. Uh, against certain matchups, certain opponents. Yeah. Um, so I think that like defensively is really where I think Coloco, if he's going to mm-hmm. make an impact immediately, that's going to be where it is. It's going to be sure. as a rim protector. It's going to be as a drop yeah. big. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned as well, lob threat on the offensive end. He he's obviously pretty limited on that end. Otherwise, um, would love to see him come out as a you know a great screener because that's something else the Raptors also could really yeah, use. I think, right? he, like, is. I a think he is. I think he is right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I think it, maybe he needs to make contact a little bit more, um, sure. but he's good at it for sure, and obviously has the body and just the the size. Yeah. I mean, that size coming at you yeah anytime is going to open up some space but like who's the best screener on the team right now is it fred van because yeah
0: I, <laughs> scotty maybe i don't know if they scotty, use scotty yeah. in, in a different way um maybe it would be scotty but that was my takeaway from the last Miko heinz run is like gary Trent jr was getting wide open off these christian colloco screens now not every team is going to be playing yeah. that kind of coverages but i think this is the raptors Uh, within their Rico Hines practices, which is, I mean, they kind of were practices at points and you had like rappers coaching staff there. They want to see how this looks. These are like free practices, free training camps is what we're seeing from them. And hey, man, it looked pretty good. Um, And if you are against a team that's going to play a little bit more drop or maybe, hey, maybe you want to be able to create like, true switches because setting good screens is an art form. Um, It's a skill and Mm -hmm. it's, it's a commodity like teams want that from their centers and other players. So if he develops it, which I think he will um, he improves that he makes good contact. He already obviously has like the body for it. You know Um, I'm sure he's getting a little bit stronger as the off season goes on here. And then, yeah, these are things that he offers that no other Raptor can. And that sounds pretty good to me. Having things that your team didn't have last season. Pretty good. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Yeah. Ooh. I'm excited about Coloco, man. I think he's gonna have uh, I think he's gonna <laughs> be pretty good in a couple of years. You got Rico Hines there, you got Earl Watson. They do a great oh, job yeah. of developing players. Patience is there, they've done it with so many. Like, yeah, he's got the work ethic. Things are gonna good things are gonna happen for him. All right, point guards. Mm-hmm. Another player who played in summer league, Jeff Doughton Jr. I'm gonna ask you straight up, is there a path to Jeff Doughton Jr. getting backup point guard minutes?
1: Uh, so are we talking like backup point guard minutes? Like he's just getting some minutes or are we talking like converting his two-way to a standard contract?
0: Uh, I think we're talking the latter. Maybe. Yeah, we're talking Ooh. about he's on, a, he's on a two-way, right? So I, yeah. I think he's, he will play some games, I think, uh, with the Raptors at some point. Um, but uh, yeah. this is, these are the camp battles, right? And these are not things that we're going to be able to see when they're playing scrimmages in training camp. And if Jeff is performing really well, uh, two players mm-hmm. that I think... I'm not really sure if they're going to be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't with the Raptors in opening night, Malachi Flynn and Ken Birch. Those are the two that are earmarked to me. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying like with some of the players that they obviously have um, waiting, you know, a Josh Jackson, what if Josh Jackson really performs well, right? What if he's like, Hey, yeah. whatever you guys need, I will do it. Um, now you have like a guard forward with some upside. Then you got um, DJ Wilson, who I think is an NBA player. They obviously like him. Like there is something here, maybe. Right, there could be a yeah. path to some of these things happening, but Jeff Down Jr., starting with him, he had a terrific summer league. Um, he does a lot of things that the Raptors would want from a backup point guard in a role setting. Uh, things that they sure. wanted from Malachi Flynn, he uh, Malachi hasn't been able to do it at least consistently. And there's been a, I guess, a bit of confusion on like what Malachi Flynn's role is with the Raptors. um, What could it be in the future? You got Delano Banton there too. We're going to get to that, some of that stuff in a second, but starting with Jeff, uh, what are your thoughts on him and what his role could be with the big club this year?
1: Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So we, I mean, we talked about earlier about how the Raptors do have a lack of guard depth and You know, both of their two-way guys uh, can play the guard spot or are guards straight up. Uh, Doughton is a guard. Um, And Summer League, if he can carry over what he was doing in Summer League um, to training camp and then potentially, you know, to the 905 and then potentially to the Raptors, I mean, he's going to get some minutes, right? I mean, just adding a guy who can score to this team as especially as, you know, a secondary tertiary option Ooh, is yeah. a big is a big deal. Even just having a guy who can act as a release valve. That's one of the things with Malachi that you know he struggled with a bit, right? just sure. hit some of those threes, man, consistently. Um yeah. that's a that's a plus, that's a bonus. It opens things up for the rest of the team. Um obviously right. you don't necessarily, you know, you don't want him coming in and deciding, all right, I'm I'm the guy now. I'm gonna be yeah. Gary Trent Jr. and I'm I'm taking you know 10 shots in the first five minutes. Um but he has the ability to play make. Um, he can get to his spots. He's so good at uh, stopping on a dime. Um, those kind of and then putting up those little floaters, things like mm-hmm. that. Like that's useful stuff as a backup guard um, for any team. So, yeah. you know, on the defensive end, guarding at the NBA level, maybe a bit tougher for him. He's a little bit smaller. You know, running into screens, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, maybe a bit tougher for him at that level. But uh, there's definitely a path. Uh, you know, to your point, there's definitely a path to him getting backup minutes. And I think we are guaranteed at some point to see him, you know, definitely on a two-way contract at some point, you know, being called up and playing some backup minutes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, who who knows? I think best case scenario is, you know, he shows his stuff at the 905 and comes up on, a, on his yeah. uh, two-way deals, shows it as well at the NBA level. And then, at, yeah, best case scenario is the Raptors say, hey, you know what? You've been great. We're going to convert your deal and you're going to be part of the team we'll find a way to make that work uh, and, and, you know, at whatever point that happens throughout the season, I think that's the best case scenario that he can be looking forward to, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely some, some high expectations there.
0: (laughs) Very high. Sure. And uh, because of the small sample size uh, we have of Jeff, you know, he spent most of last season in the G league, um, a few games here and there with a few different NBA teams, but mostly it was in the G league and he had a great year from there. Um, And then you go to summer league, you you know, analyze some of the Rico Hines stuff. And I'm just seeing a lot of the same things that he did in summer league he's able to do in those Hines, Rico Heinz runs. Um, I, I hesitate to like, yep. you know, go too deep into those um, because like they're edited clips and so forth. But the fact he's hitting these yeah. same kinds of shots, you know, like he's hitting those catch mm-hmm. and shoot shots. He's hitting floaters. He's attacking bigs um, when he gets those opportunities. Um, he's, hit, he's hitting shots in the mid-range. These are all very good signs. Um, I'm sure, you know, Fred Van VanVleet, he <laughs> – he had his moment with, I think, with specifically Jeff Down Jr. when he felt like a lot of guys were fouling a little bit too much. And there were clips specifically of Jeff Down Jr. fouling Fred. And Fred was like talking to the whole team, essentially. He's like, hey, if you guys are going to be doing this during the season, you're not going to play. So stop doing it. Um, that's a factor. Mm-hmm. Defense first, is uh, that's the Raptors mentality. But in the end, you have a six-three point guard, which is still very tall for a point guard who can hit shots, hopefully, who can attack uh, Attack the rim. He's got some versatility, great court sense. And that's what they want from a backup point guard because Pascal is going to play point guard minutes. Uh, Scotty Barnes is going to play point guard minutes. You could see some inverted pick and rolls happening with those two, which could be really interesting because, you know, he's 6'3". He's got some bulk to him. I think he could, he could be a, a decent screener if he uh, truly wants to be. Who knows, man? Who knows, man? Um, I don't want to, like, uh, there's a lot of speculation probably happening within this podcast, but it's interesting Like, because the Raptors have so many options and that has been by design yeah. that the team has always wanted options. They don't want to be so rigid saying these are the 15 guys we're going to be going with. They're saying the ball's out there. Let's do a scrimmage. Let's see how things go. And Jeff has shown so far in a smaller sample size that there could be some synergy there with what the Raptors are wanting from a backup point guard. And I think that means something. But then you go to Malachi Flynn. If if those two played like a game one-on-one, I think Malachi would win because I think Malachi is a very good player. Um, It's just, is he the right fit for the Raptors? That is the million-dollar question. And we still don't know. That's where we're at right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you're talking and and if you're talking about like down getting significant minutes or like I said, a potential like converting a a deal or whatever. I mean, I think part of that process would have to be Flynn not playing well, right? Just it's basically falling uh, out of the rotation or way back in the rotation or whatever, which, you know, look, I mean, it's the summer of Malachi, man. Everyone is so excited to see him. bring some of that stuff yeah. uh, that they saw in, in all these different types of pro-am runs and whatever to uh, the main team here, to the NBA. Um, and I mean, look, he had a good summer. It was good for the, the confidence, I think. I think that's one of the bigger things. I mean, there definitely have been times over the past couple of seasons, and, and I think it's partially due to not having a defined role. A lot of the time, it's tough to get into a rhythm, right? NBA players will always say, you know, if I'm, if I'm put in for 10 minutes this night and then no minutes the next night, it's really tough for me to get going consistently. And, you know, that's kind of been the story of Malachi's uh, NBA career so far. There's a lot of talent there. You can see it. There's some certain things he does really well. I really think, you know, for example, he's got a great defensive instinct. He, Mm -hmm. he is like, um, a little bit of a, a, Fred and a Kyle, uh type digger which i love you know he's yeah, yeah, a little bit yeah. uh, smaller than those guys but as he gets stronger right that's gonna some of those are gonna work out better for him
0: and he's uh, stronger but, it looks like at least from what we've seen. And, yeah and like, he
1: looks like yeah, so it could yeah. yeah it could be this season like yeah. you know um and he I, you know the last time we saw him on an nba court i thought he gave good minutes against the sixers right limited time in that series but i thought he came in and did some good stuff was a pest yeah. defensively hit some shots on offense I mean, that's all you really got to do to start, you know, getting your consistent minutes and then growing sure. those minutes and then becoming, you know, presumably the full time backup and really leading the team and against those second units. And I definitely think that's possible for him, you know. Then and hopefully that's this season.
0: Yeah, I hope things work out with Malachi um, and and the Raptors first and foremost. We mentioned the Jeff Doughton thing because it's it's a, a different player, uh, someone who's going to be in training camp who has shown glimpses of being a fit, but in the end, Malachi. He was drafted by the Raptors. I think uh, they they do want to see him perform. They want to see him be a fit on, on the team because he, similar to a Justin Champagny, he fits like their identity, um, humble, hustle, yeah. work hard, uh, be selfless. He, he does. He's, he yeah. is that. That's him. So I want to see him work out. Um, I just, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how things go because it's been a bit of a, a dicey time with him and the Raptors from the, the get-go.
1: It has, it, but you know what is the other thing too, is I, I think the Coloco thing could be interesting for him. Yeah. If those two guys get paired up and have some minutes together. I mean, cause if you think about it, Guy Flynn came in and everyone's talking about, Oh, he's a pick and roll maestro. That's what he does. Put the ball in his hands and yeah. score that way. Um, and get, and get guys other looks, uh, sure. obviously not a rim pressure guy, but you know, more of a jumper guy, but he's never had a pick and roll partner like Coloco, right. He's never had a guy like that. The Raptors haven't had someone on the roster who's able to be a lob threat or, or, uh, you know, even necessarily, um, super strong screeners in in the time that Flynn's been on the roster. So I think, you know, giving some minutes to those guys together, um, could prove to be, you know, maybe even open some stuff up for both of them. And and that's the kind of thing that I think as you go through the season and even in training camp, you'll experiment with and, and, uh, you know, uh, situation matters. <laughs> Fit matters. Personnel matters. Sure, sure,
0: sure. I think it's a separate conversation why the Raptors are probably going to run more pick and roll this year. But we obviously have time mm. because the off season is still here and uh, <laughs> it's never been a bigger struggle as a person who's trying to make content. Uh, it's never been a bigger struggle than right now to find reasons to talk about the Raptors that haven't been covered by myself and so forth. Nausea so Mm -hmm. far this offseason. Anyway, (laughs) final question for you, Delano Banton, the other point guard kind of forward um on the Raptors. Do you think he's gonna play Mm -hmm. more point guard minutes or forward minutes this coming season? What do you think is uh the recipe for success for Delano?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because uh I mean, so off the top, like again, we're we're assuming Delano gets a spot. I mean, he's not locked in, but I mean, I think he's pretty safely locked in. You know, he's not, but he is kind of thing, right? Uh, Last season he played 56% of his time at point guard and 43% of his time at shooting guard. So yeah. he was in those guard spots a lot during his rookie years, uh rookie year. And that was uh, ma- made sense, I think. Um, you know, it was in and out of the rotations in more at the start of the season and then fell yeah. out of rotation. Super limited offensively last season. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he's grown over the summer, playing with Team Canada, mm. stuff like that. Um, but I do think he probably And like we mentioned, you know, especially if the Raptors are bringing in two other depth pieces at forward, Uh, you'll probably see him still more at those guard spots. Um, Yeah. He he can, the one thing I do like from Banton offensively that he's done, I mean, in transition, he's pretty fun, but also he's a good uh, change of pace guy uh, compared to someone like Fred Van Vliet, right? Sure. Van Vliet plays at a very particular type of pace. Banton, plays at a completely different type of pace and being able to, you know, swap those guys in and out at times, bringing the yeah. ball up. And there'll be lots of guys, like we've said, we'll be bringing the ball up, including Siakam and Scotty. Mm. Um, but Banton kind of brings that at the guard spot there. And, you know, on, on defense, whatever, he's going to be switching all over the place. I mean, he's big enough and has the, has the wingspan to be able to to hold his own there at multiple spots. Um, but yeah. he is a good, a good guy to put on, on a smaller guard, for sure. They're going to be seeing mm. just a whole lot of arms uh, in front of them with Banton. So uh, yeah i think he'll probably be probably be sticking to the guard spots uh for the most part
0: guard whatever guard means like really guard i guess is just point <laughs> yeah. guard because shooting guard and small forward and power forward are all very similar with the raptors but yes I hate, yeah, yeah yeah it's less less on ball would be probably like the the way to look at it right. more of a, a secondary option and i think that may, might be the the best for his development as he learns to like calm his mind and make it so like his legs are moving very fast but his mind is like calm, cool, collected. A tough transition for any player like this is the second year so um him playing a lot of basketball is probably the way to to do that where he's going to be able to yeah. understanding reads, um seeing the defense as it comes and being off ball more could probably help him understand mm-hmm. that a little bit better. But if you talk about things that he can do that other bench players cannot do, it is like the knifing in the lane and getting those single line drives and finishing through contact um, and just creating offense, being something of a hub. Not, he's not, not that he's going to be getting those opportunities, but you could see a, a ways in which, you know, if his jumper is going and like, you know, he, he fakes a shot, he's able to you know, take a dribble or two or even one dribble, and he's at the rim because he's got those long strides mm-hmm. and the explosion. And that is mm-hmm. a valuable skill. The Raptors could use that. And I love the idea of him coming down the wing with Scotty Barnes with the ball in the middle and he pitches it to, to Delano and he's got a wide open lane because he can just soar through the air and it's, it's beautiful to see. Um, I think there is a way in which he can get consistent minutes. He just has to nail down um, his role. And also, you know, the Raptors defensively, uh, like we said earlier, it's, it's all about, you know, can you understand their peel switching style which uh, the starters obviously get, because I mean, a lot of them have been rappers for a little while, but Delano. I mm-hmm. struggled. Scotty Barnes struggled with it. Like it's a, it's a tough transition yeah. to make. Um, they all struggled, yeah. but if he's the person who gets it and is able to be, cause he is so switchable at, you know, six, nine point guard, can guard a lot of positions, can rebound the ball. Um, that definitely gives him a leg up over, other players. And obviously the, the shooting has to be there. Um, It's been good to see so far um, through, you know, summer league and also with team Canada, uh, some of the shots he's hitting, like the footwork is really nice. He's getting the shots off pretty quickly. It seems much more controlled, um, which is a great, great, great things to see from him, but he's got to be able to do it in training camp and obviously in the season. Other thoughts.
1: Yeah. Just, I mean, like you said, I mean, hitting some catch and shoot jumpers from distance would be just be massive. Cause I think it, I mean you got to hit at least a few of those a game to really start have guys closing out on you and yeah. that's when your three point shooting really matters um because if he can become a closeout attacker yeah uh I think that really opens up not only his game but uh, yeah. some more stuff for the Raptors as well just some more sure. fun things that they could they could work in there and they and they've got some really good cutters on the team as well so they do um just you know I I think that would be uh something that if it carries over, like you're saying, the shooting looks like it's improved. If it has, especially the spot ups uh, and playing off ball more, um, I think he definitely has a spot in the rotation if he's able to pull that off. Uh, you know, as a as backup, backup depth there, and and uh, someone who already we know can can handle his own uh, defensively, so long as he's uh, you know staying within the scheme. <laughs> yes, yes,
0: a difficult task for many players, as we've we've if found. Not, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. Josh, very, very fun chat. Um, what's coming up for you? What are you working on? What Where can people find your work and all that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean... So just sort of ramping up here, getting closer to the to the season. I mean, I'm with Raptors Republic, as you mentioned off the top. Uh, very excited to be back there, sort of where I started my basketball uh, media journey. So
0: nice,
1: cool to be there. I'm sure I'll have some uh, some written content coming out soon as we get closer to the season. Uh, may pop on uh, some more uh, podcasts and shows over there as well. So keep an eye out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, got some got some big news as well coming uh, there. So just stay tuned and we. Uh, oui stay tuned to Twitter and all the social medias and stuff. You'll find out uh, closer we get to the season. So yeah, it's great though. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on, man. It's uh, it's been a long time since I've done something like this and uh, I couldn't have asked for a better person to talk about hoops. Hey,
0: beautiful man. Thank you so much for joining me. Everyone have yourself a good day, good weekend, good night, good afternoon, good morning. Whenever you're listening, we'll talk to you soon. Here's a cool fact.